You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 144th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're revisiting the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm. Actually, it's pretty hard to talk about what is happening in Ukraine these days in a critical or analytical way. This is because of the overwhelming narrative from our own media and leaders that it is a simple case of the good guys versus the bad guys. Mm. So the moment you add any nuance to this, you can be seen as siding with the bad guy, with the enemy, the Russian President Putin, who has invaded Ukraine, leading to mass displacement, death, suffering, and the destruction of whole towns and landscapes. Mm. And all of these things are abundantly reported about and documented in the written media, from Guardian to the Herald Sun, and in about all broadcast channels and stations. Trying to add some think, again, critical nuance to this, we did venture into this slippery territory in mid-February, and today we bravely go there again. Mm, That's right, Shark. So there's no doubt that Putin exercises absolute power or or almost absolute power, I should say, in Russia and that he wields power in a way that's oppressive and cruel, even sociopathic. Uh, We know he deals ruthlessly with political opponents, as in the well-known case of opposition leader Alexei Navalny and several others before And like many other authoritarian or dictatorial leaders, he's a kleptocrat stealing the wealth of his own people for his own benefit. Mm. What he doesn't seem to be, as many assumed he would be, is very strategic in military terms. Ukraine invasion certainly does not offer any evidence of Putin's and Russia's military success, only its cold-blooded brutality and destructiveness. Yeah, and of course the invasion is devastating and really heart-wrenching. Yeah, and in terms of resolving issues peacefully, it puts us way back, giant steps backward. Mm. So while acknowledging the travesty and the tragedy in Ukraine, we do want to have another look at the one-eyed reporting by our media and offer some more historically informed and more broadly contextualised information from other news sources. Mm. Firstly, it is utterly distressing to see Ukrainian people suffering under the Russian bombardments, many dying or wounded and millions forced to flee. The problem is we do not get the same volume of saturated coverage from the many other conflict areas when victims have been brown or dark-skinned rather than white and European. 
sometimes the racism is very blatant in the actual content and the wording of the reporting. For example, for example, there is this from a CBS reporter, Charlie Dagata, who said that Ukraine, and I quote, isn't a place with all due respect like Iraq or, or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. It is a relatively civilized, relatively European, uh, I have to choose these words carefully too, city where you would, wouldn't expect that or hope that a conflict is, not, is going to happen, unquote. We put a link to a very powerful YouTube about this on our program page, which also gives some additional examples of that racism. So large-scale death and tragedy caused by invasion and war is normal and acceptable and to be expected in other places like the Middle East and Asia or Africa, where people aren't as civilized, and you have to read that as white, as white Europeans presumably are. Mm. And Jacques, there's another point here. Why aren't invasions by Western powers, especially those by the Anglo countries into places like Afghanistan and Iraq, why aren't those invasions reported in the same appropriately damning tones as the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. There seems to be a real double standard going on mm, there. So why, yeah, why are the Bushes, Obama, Trump, Biden, Blair, Johnson, and yes, Howard and Morrison, why are they not called murderers or butchers or whatever other negative qualification has been meted out, probably appropriately, to Putin? Mm. So racism obviously plays a big part, and that's very clear, but I think we also need to look at our own supposedly free press, It's whatever that means. It's generally agreed that a healthy and free press is essential to democracy, but in Australia we're really poorly served with the domination of a few players like the Murdoch Press and Nine Entertainment and and the dumbed-down, simple narratives rather than thoughtful or detailed or alternative analysis. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes, for example, the whole anti, uh, anti-China bias exemplified by Harcher and Chris Ullman in The Age and on Channel 9. Yeah, <clears throat> Nine Entertainment's Age. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so there are US voices which are disagreeing with the course their country is taking in international politics and who have a more detailed critical view of the Ukraine-Russia conflict, but it's rare, really rare to see them in a prime spot in any of our newspapers and TV channels. With the possible and very occasional exception of The Guardian and The New Daily. Yeah, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that note, we'll go to some music, Tenderly We Weave by Andrea Keller, and we'll continue our discussion after that.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the role played by the US and NATO, and the biased and racist reporting of that conflict in our media. Mm. And we do want to share some alternative voices, starting with Noam Chomsky, who's Institute Professor Emeritus at MIT, and he's also at the University of Arizona in the US. And of course, we hear a lot of Noam Chomsky on 3CR <laughs> through mm-hmm. Al- the program Alternative Radio. That's right. Which is great. In a recent interview with Truth Out, Noam Chomsky talked about the US role in the Ukraine conflict and how the US and NATO has systematically poked the Russian bear. When asked what he would propose as a constructive route to take on the Ukraine issue, Chomsky responded, it would have to be the opposite of the joint statement of the US-Ukraine strategic partnership, which was signed by the White House on September 1, 2021. Mm. This document, which received little notice, forcefully declared that the door for Ukraine to join NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, is wide open. Yeah. So, which would be read as a threat by Russia, Jacques, which is the point here, isn't it? Totally. Absolutely. And that is also what we have been talking about previously. Mm. We talked about NATO's central role in this conflict with Ukraine in mid-February. Yeah. And just for listeners who don't know, NATO is the military alliance created as a counterweight to the Soviet military following World War II, even though during that World War II, of course, we were on the same side as the Russians. Mm -hmm. And we know uh, that promises by the US not to expand NATO toward Russia's borders have been broken in a big way over time. That's right, that's right, whereas Russia actually and the Warsaw Pact disbanded in the expectation that NATO would not expand. Mm -hmm. So continuing with Noam Chomsky's interview with Time Out, he goes on to say that the joint statement on US-Ukraine strategic partnership signed by the White House also, and I quote, finalized a strategic defense framework that creates a foundation for the enhancement of US-Ukraine strategic defense and security cooperation by providing Ukraine with advanced anti-tank and other weapons, along with a robust training and exercise program in keeping with Ukraine's status as a NATO-enhanced opportunities partner. Yeah, and so I guess that's the US really militarizing up the Ukraine, which was on Russia, which is on Russian's border, as we know. That's right. So bringing militarization by NATO members uh, right up to the Russian border, as I say, that's with NATO members um, being certain European countries, um, certain Western European countries, I should say, plus the US and the UK who make up NATO. So no wonder Chomsky calls it another example of poking the bear in the eye. That's right, yes, poking the bear as part of of a process that NATO, meaning Washington, has been perfecting 
with the expansion of NATO to the east towards Russia over some years now, as we already have talked about before, from mm-hmm. 16 countries to 30 countries, including mm-hmm. those who used to be part of the Warsaw Pact. Mm-hmm. For example, US President George H.W. Bush made a firm pledge in 1991 not to expand NATO to the east. But Bill Clinton in 1998 violated this pledge, leading to strong warnings from high-level diplomats, which we already reported about then. And Chomsky says, this is, quote, in addition to the aggressive actions by the US and NATO that struck directly at Russia's concerns. And that includes wars in Serbia, Iraq, Libya, and lesser crimes. And they were conducted in such a way as to maximize the humiliation of Russia, unquote. So well-known journalist John Pilger says similar things, uh, similar things that Noam Chomsky just did about the US and NATO, having consistently poked the Russian bear. In a recent piece, he suggests that, and I quote again, since the first Cold War, NATO has effectively marched right up to Russia's most sensitive border, having demonstrated its, its bloody aggression in Yugoslavia, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya, and broken some solemn promises to pull back, having dragged European allies, and that he put, Pilger put that in quotation marks, uh, European allies into American wars that do not concern them. The great unspoken is that NATO itself is the real threat to European security. Mm. And of course, Shark, Australia mm-hmm. is one of those allies in inverted right. commas exactly. that have been dragged or followed willingly into American wars. Absolutely. Yeah, and then there's another um, great commentator, journalist Mike Davis, and he had this to say about the US and its government, quote, the White House is visionless in the wilderness it helped to create. All the think tanks and genius minds that supposedly guide the Clinton-Obama wing of the Democratic Party are in their own way as lizard-brained as the soothsayers in the Kremlin. They can't imagine any other intellectual framework for declining American power than nuclear-tipped competition with Russia and China. One could almost hear the sigh of relief as Putin (laughs) lifted the mental burden of having to think global strategy in the Anthropocene. In the end, Biden has turned out to be the same warmonger in power that we feared Hillary Clinton would be. Although Eastern Europe now distracts, who can doubt Biden's determination to seek confrontation in the South China Sea? Water's far more dangerous than the Black Sea. Unquote. (laughs) Mm. So let's look at our region with President Biden's National Defence Authorization Act. Mm. It's brilliant. Brilliant, huh? That's sarcasm, but also, Yeah, but also less known document calls for, and I quote, an unbroken chain of U.S. armed sentinel states stretching from Japan and South Korea in the Northern Pacific to Australia, the Philippines, Thailand 
and Singapore in the south and India on China's eastern flank, meant to encircle China, including Taiwan. So what the hell? This document, the National Defence Authorisation Act, this document calls for an unbroken chain of US armed sentinel states around China. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And, Shark, it's a really strange use of the word sentinel, I think, too, because normally sentinel means to guard and keep sh- keep out a watch on your own terrain. But, but this use of sentinel refers to the military encirclement, the aspirational military encirclement of someone else's terrain, namely China. So why haven't we heard more about this or why aren't we hearing more about this? Well, because of the fact that, uh, you know, it's true, but because of the fact that we think that the rest of the world belongs to us and that that's where the sentinel comes from. Mm. And we assume that China is going to be aggressive. Mm. So, but have you ever or anyone ever wondered how China would feel about the fact that the US Indo-Pacific Command is planning to enhance its encirclement, doubling its spending in fiscal year 2022, in part to develop, and I quote, a network of precision strike missiles along the so-called first island chain. Yeah, and how incredible. And as Chomsky asked in that article you were referring to before, Jacques, Chomsky Mm -hmm. asked, how would the US feel if this was set up on its own border in Mexico? (laughs) Or think about Cuba, think about Grenada, all of those kinds of places Mm -hmm. where not even even anything close uh, was happening, Uh, but it actually translated into US reactions, which we now have almost become accustomed to. It's all about a voice in our own country. We've got a reason to be screaming out, where's our voice in this country? You know, not that I want to be a part of the Constitution for that, you know. That's why 3CR is so important to, to me and this community here. We've got a voice, but it's not, you know, we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got. But it's all about having a voice. Subscribe to 3CR, fiercely independent and community controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radical Radio, 855am on your dial and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're revisiting the Ukraine conflict, the biased portrayal of it by our media and how Australia can make a much better path or take a much better path, rather, in its international relations than blindly following the US. Well, Jacques, I think we could make and take a better path. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So in relation to the Ukraine invasion, we could ask, what could Australia do? So Alan Bem, who's an international political researcher at the Australia Institute, uh, Alan Bem argues that we can do much better than merely following the leader, and by that I mean the US leader, who incidentally we don't vote for. So Alan Bem argues that we really need to invest in a global rules-based order. 
Firstly, we could promote the reform of the United Nations and its major institutions to ensure that the interests of all nations are respected and catered for. And secondly, we could support the regional organisations and institutions that support regional rulemaking. So we're talking about investment in a globally agreed rules-based order rather than following the US and reflexively taking sides. It just makes too much sense, doesn't it? And if we really would like to pursue other international other international peace agenda, rather than being associated with NATO, we could help strengthen the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe, the OSCE, which is just a thought we will follow up in another program later. Yeah. yeah. And in the same vein, there was a recent report from the University of Melbourne, Melbourne School of Government, and that's titled Resolving Global Crises, the Urgent Need to Revive Multilateralism and Rethink Australia's Role. So, of course, multilateral discussions and agreements they're what occur between multiple parties, especially governments of multiple countries. So reviving multilateralism, as this report recommends, that means that countries should get together and agree on rules that are deemed fair and they will all abide by. And that's not a foreign principle, I guess. It's just that Mm. we're not doing it. And the report says Australia should get behind a multilateral approach. And I guess I would ask again, why aren't we doing this anyway? Mm. The report also points out that there are other global threats beside the Ukraine conflict. For example, there's climate change. Yeah, which is arguably a a, Mm. a much greater threat that we should be addressing. Yeah, other global threats in the report mentioned and discussed in the report are the ongoing COVID pandemic, the existence and threat of a conflict from Syria and Yemen to the South China Sea, variety of conflicts there, severe hunger from East Africa to Afghanistan, historically high refugee displacement, deepening wealth disparities. These are also Mm. covered, by the way, in an important planning report by the United Nations Secretary, Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, and titled Our Common Agenda adopted in 2021 by consensus by the United Nations General Assembly, including Australia. Mm -hmm. It recommends multilateralism with teeth Mm -hmm. and system-wide solutions to the 21st century challenges. Yeah, it's quite a um, thoughtful Mm -hmm. and comprehensive report and will certainly come back to that in the future programs because Mm -hmm. Australia needs to get behind this. That's right. And what are the priorities of the recent federal budget when we yeah. look at it, which was covered in a program last week, by the way? In particular, how are our international relations and obligations catered for in that budget? Mm-hmm. Nothing substantial to achieve zero carbon emissions. We know that. Mm-hmm. But there is investment in infrastructure for gas and support for fossil fuel industries. Mm. There's also reduced spending on diplomacy, which we evidently need, in foreign affairs and in economic aid, which has been cut by about $11 billion over the last four Mm. years. Funding for our public service and the expertise it can provide has been squeezed for many years. 
Yeah, and Jacques, even when expertise is offered or available, our political leaders treat all major decisions as political decisions anyway, which has mm-hmm. had a lot of publicity. And I'm not just talking about decisions of the pork barrelling or rotting mm. ones. That's right. As we sheepishly, sheepishly follow the US, our powerful <laughs> friend, whose leadership none of us really votes for, and invest in expensive military hardware of questionable use, such as the nuclear-powered submarines we have talked about a few times already. Yeah. On a positive and constructive note, in future programs we will talk more about multilateral and internationally cooperative possibilities as alternatives to mindlessly following that powerful friend, the US, or the biggest bully in the playground, depending on how you look at it. And I'm sure we can certainly be smarter and nicer than that. About community announcements next week, that's not really community announcement, that's more a station announcement, uh, we will have the Tamil Good Friday Radiothon, so there will be no program from Think Again. And this is that uh, Radiothon is to raise money for the Australian Medical Aid Foundation. Yeah, and also remember this Sunday is Palm Sunday and we have the Walk for Justice for Refugees, which is in most cities around Australia, including mm-hmm. Melbourne. So it's Sunday, the 10th of April, in Melbourne, it's 2 p.m., State Library of Victoria, Melbourne. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to comment on today's program, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcasts and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And thanks again to Parabun for recording, music and technical production. And meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Together and sit down by the fire. Man, I got no receipt.